We are talking about smart beta, strategic or smart beta strategies. We're talking about enhanced indexing uh, strategies, really about outperforming a benchmark index, a little bit of a blend of active and passive. Uh, let's get a bit more on these types of products. Yasmin Daya is J.P. Morgan Asset Management Head of America's Beta Specialist Team. And uh, joining me here at the ETF, uh, J.P. Morgan ETF uh, event at J.P. Morgan Headquarters, the ETF Symposium. Nice to have you here. Talk to me. i got to take a step back because we we just did talk a little bit about smart beta strategies um, with Yaz uh, here at J.P. Morgan. But just remind everybody what we're talking about specifically. Sure. So smart beta, or as we call it, strategic beta, which really are synonymous words, what it really means are rules-based, typically indexed products that do something different than traditional market cap weighting. You hit on, it, hit on it in your comments, which is really that strategic beta sits in the intersection of passive and active investing. So mm-hmm. they're rules-based. What they pull from, which is what's traditionally associated with indexation, is efficiency, transparency, predictability, low cost. But importantly, these are research-driven products. The rules behind these indexes are designed to do something different than market cap. And those rules are really based upon academic and portfolio management research. So strategic beta really sits in that category right in the middle. Ultimately, when I think about what's the goal of strategic beta, it's about attempting to deliver a differentiated risk and or return profile relative to market cap. Right. What's important to remind investors, though, I think that people forget, is that strategic beta and the investment processes behind it are not new. Mm -hmm. They've been around for decades. What's new right now is access. It's actually the product development that we've seen, particularly in the ETF ecosystem. And I think that's been a really powerful thing thing for clients, because if you were an ETF investor five years ago, 10 years ago, most of what you could access was traditional market cap passive. Right. Now today, you just have a lot more options. What do we know about performances of this? And again, you say it's a mixture of, you know, maybe you want less you're willing to do less performance because you get less risk. I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. It's a really important question because one of the challenges that investors have with strategic beta or smart beta is that the category is very broad. Right. A lot of things in there are designed to do very different things themselves. So, mm-hmm. for example, you could have a single factor product like a minimum volatility or a value or quality only factor product, or what's called multi-factor, where you combine multiple characteristics together. The outcomes of those two different product sets will vary dramatically. Right. To us, when I think about how would you do diligence to space, I break it into two categories. One is about risk diversification. And ultimately, what I think those products are really solving for is diversifying risk concentrations that you can see in market cap. So for example, uh, that I, one I normally point to is if you think about the tech bubble. The three years over the tech bubble, 40% of your risk was coming from technology. Right. So there's a category of product that's out there to lower that risk, diversify it, limit idiosyncratic risk in a portfolio. Mm -hmm. There's also a category of product that for us is more about return. It's using what's called compensative factors or characteristics like value, quality, momentum, size, oftentimes combining them together to drive a superior return relative to market cap. For me, the key message, though, is an opportunity across both those dimensions. How much of it, though, is theory, theoretical? Like how much we can all say we back test, but we really don't know how something's going to perform until you're really in that specific environment. That's a really important question. Clients are skeptical of back tests. And the reason why is because back tests, what it really is, is historical simulated performance right. of what your investment process would have done. The challenge is, 
it really is that you've had all the answers before you've taken the test. So of course it's <laughs> going to look great. But what's great for clients right now is a lot of these products are gaining meaningful live track record. So we have a product out there that's over three years in, in live performance. So Which what, three years is always considered a key kind of performance it's key, metric. It's a key hurdle. Right. It's a key number, really. Right. And what it, what it means is that clients can look at live performance and really understand for themselves, is the product doing what I thought it should do based on the back test? So one tailwind, I think, for this category of product is as you see more live performance trading history, right. that clients are going to get more comfortable. Yasmin, let me ask you, though, anything that I feel like has been around in the last three years, four years or so, we're dealing in this kind of strange environment with very easy monetary policy from several global central banks. I feel like it's this kind of protected environment. So how do we kind of um, factor that in? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a good point. Well, first of all, it goes back to the point that this category of product has been around for quite some time. So we at JP Morgan have been managing factor portfolios since 2009. Right. So you actually are looking at a much wider amount of time. But secondly... But again, somebody who was listening would say, well, wait a minute, but we're coming oh, no. off the crisis, correct? It's research. And that's why we, when we go back to what we said, we said about passive and active investing, there is actually research behind these, the concepts and these products. When we design products, the, things we fo- the thing we focus on first and foremost is what's the rationale behind the factors you're using and why you're using them. Mm-hmm. Or another way of saying that is, why do I expect to be compensated more for holding these certain exposures? Right. And so when you focus on that perspective, what you can you can dig deeper into is that there's a reason behind their existence. Um, and then I think when you marry that with empirical evidence, that's really what makes it more a supported case. What are the lingering kind of obstacles to adoption here? Just got about 40 seconds. Yeah, I think there's a couple. First is investor education. You know, In the last couple of years that I've been talking to clients, I have seen a dramatic amount of increase in awareness and knowledge on this space, but there's still a lot more to go. Yeah. Really understanding what are factors, how do they work. It's a little confusing having, you know, we talk about it a lot too, and I just think there isn't a lot of clarity out there yet. There isn't, and the terminology is confusing to clients. Right. It's factor investing, it's smart beta. And smart beta sounds, hey, of course I want smart beta. Right. But the words can be confusing. Correct. As we get more granular and precise on those words, I think it will help investors. And as you see, as you mentioned, more performance and live track record, I think that will also help. But we're seeing more and more adoption. We really are. Across client channel. Fun to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yasmin Daya. She's JP Morgan Asset Management, Head of America's Beta Specialist Team. Joining us here at JP Morgan Headquarters, this is Bloomberg Radio.